Hi, I'm Dr. Denise Simpson, an ex-administrator and faculty in higher education, turned CEO of my leadership development and training company. I've been on the side of great success, which means I intimately know failure and sacrifice. I've set some of the highest goals for myself and have achieved most of them. But sadly, they came at a price, a price I wasn't willing to pay anymore. The more degrees, distinguished positions, and salaries I chased, the more shame, guilt, and loneliness I felt. So I left my career in higher education to start a new career as a business owner. Today, I have found true success and happiness helping others do the same. I want to help you reach your next level of success with confidence, pride, and true fulfillment. If you're ready to elevate your influence, impact, and income, then subscribe to this podcast because it was made for you. And I know you're ready to get started. So let's go. Hey there, welcome. I hope you're doing so good. I hope life is treating you kindly. I hope that you are treating life kindly. (laughs) I hope that you are healthy, you are safe, and you are loved because I am appreciating this spring attitude, this spring mindset. I love the month of May and the last few days have been really eye-opening it's almost as if my brain, my cranium has opened up. It's it's so cool to be right here with you writing this new chapter in my business. So what happened in April was that I closed my last project as a consultant. I had been doing this for nine years doing consulting and coaching, but mostly consulting. I closed that chapter. I was intentional in when I wanted to close this. I decided this back in December when I was in my NLP trainer certification. It was a 19-day crazy immersion where I was tested and grilled and tested again and grilled again. <laughs> uh, managed to escape that uh, without without too much trauma. Um, And during those 19 days, I made a decision to really go all in into my business. I had been really taking it easy, honestly. For nine years, I've been really coasting through my business in that consulting is all I did. Well, mostly what I did and was really really excited about it in the beginning, but then after doing this for nine years, got exhausted. And to be honest, not as challenged. And I found that as I was coaching my leaders, it was in the coaching that I was excited about. It was in the coaching of their brains and their thoughts and their emotions and their behaviors that lit me up. I got so excited every time I had an opportunity to coach an executive. And so, sure, they would hire me for organizational behavioral stuff. Wonderful. Gave them the prescription. They implemented, you know, the remedy, and they were they were ready. They were done, complete. 
but it was when I would have the opportunity to coach an executive that would get me so excited. I really wanted to learn how she she thought. How did she come to the conclusion that this is true in her life? You know, it wasn't necessarily what she was thinking. I mean, of course, that's of great interest to me, but in coaching, especially in NLP coaching, neuro-linguistic programming coaching, we're interested in the how. How did you derive to this conclusion? And then how do I help you really unearth those limiting beliefs at the unconscious level? You know, NLP coaching is, you know, what we do is we we look at your conscious life, we look at the results you've you've created in your life, and then uh, we go back into your unconscious and find out, well, what really was driving this result? And we pull up those limiting beliefs, we clear them out, we do what we need to do to reframe them, reprogram them, and then move it back into the conscious level so that you, my friend, are ready to take action on intentional results that you want to create. So NLP coaching is very unique in this way. It's it's unlike your traditional coaching that you see out there. This is why that doesn't work. And NLP coaching does. You know, it, it's the, the proof is in the pudding. You just talk to any of my clients, read my testimonials, and you will see that it derives from my training as an NLP coach. And so when I would have an opportunity to coach these amazing leaders, ooh, that's when I I lit I would light up like a Christmas tree. I was so excited to be serving them at this very intimate level, right? Because, you know, you're looking at the organization as the macro level of that person's brain. But for me, coaching looked at their micro level thinking and, and how they came up with these conclusions, how they were creating these results at an, an unintentional level. And so... This is why I made the decision back in December that I would stop the consulting work and focus primarily on coaching. And during that training, I wrote a curriculum for this new membership. It's a monthly program for female leaders and female founders. I wrote it literally in a weekend. I write curriculum in my sleep, my friends. So it's, this isn't a big deal, actually. <laughs> but I wrote it and was so excited about it. Again, lit up like a Christmas tree because it, it, it's around coaching the female leader. It was, it was serving her at the most intimate level of her life. And got so darn excited. I put this gorgeous curriculum together and opened doors in January and was like, okay, let's see. Let's see what this looks like. Let's see what comes of this. Didn't want to sit on it any longer. I knew I needed to put it out into the world and share it with all of my female leaders out there. And so we're only three months into the program and I'm having such a beautiful time. And now that I am 1000% focused on growing and expanding and serving the women in this program, I am obsessed with these results that I want to help her create. I'm obsessed with with her growth and expansion. And Masters of Leadership is, is my primary goal 
my primary focus in my coaching business. So a lot has happened the last three months, but the biggest win for me was ending that last project, that consultant project, and and really rewarding myself for such an amazing job in the nine years of this business, building a six-figure business, a high six-figure business all by myself um, with one VA here and there sporadically. (laughs) But I did this all alone and really hustled my butt off and found myself burnt out and unchallenged and unfulfilled in the consulting world. And I knew I needed to to turn the tides and do something differently. So here I am now, (laughs) you know, first month all into the Masters of Leadership. I am writing this new chapter with you all, my friends. So you're going to hear a lot about this new chapter that I'm writing as we, we, we do these episodes together. So I'm excited to share more about that later. But here's what I want to talk about today is what every female leader should require of themselves. Yeah, I'm looking at you, my friend, you the leader. My concern is with you and your brain, honestly. I'm not interested so much in the organizational behavior. I'm not looking at that particular climate. I want to start with you, the nucleus, because you are the core of your life. So as your life coach and leadership mentor, know that every, well, mostly every piece of content or episode I'm going to create for you is revolved around you, the nucleus, because I'm interested in developing you from the inside out. It's called self-leadership. It's having agency over your life, over your brain, over your thoughts, over your emotions and the behaviors, and ultimately the results that you create in your life. This is self-leadership. And yes, this is the foundation work that we do inside the Masters of Leadership program. And so when I put this list together for us today, I was reminded of a client, an amazing female leader. My goodness, she was beloved by her followers, all of her peers. She, you know, was the first one out talking to customers. All the stakeholders really had a great, great admiration for her. And when we did her 360 survey, which is a leadership tool that we use to measure really how she's effective in all these areas and and really the perception of of these people that are instrumental in her role. And in looking at her at her results and at their feedback, I mean she was absolutely admired and beloved and just was the the ideal leader. And when I began coaching her, a lot came up in regards to her needs not being met at the human level, right? At the, at the human experience level. You know, leadership is just a, you know, a title. It was a title for her. You know, she had this beautiful set of skills. She had a wonderful mindset of a leader. But when it came down to her personal needs in her personal life, she was so unfulfilled and, and really on the verge of losing her spouse, because she, you know, she didn't know how to handle these needs that were not being met in her personal life. 
And when we coached on her brain and really looking at some limiting beliefs and some unconscious programs, you know, we discovered a lot and we worked on a lot of that at the unconscious level to then bring it into the conscious level and then integrate both parts of her mind so that we could get her moving and taking inspired action in creating a loving matrimony, a loving family life, and and mostly fulfilling life with her partner. And and something she said that was so important, she said, you know, gosh, like I'm I'm so amazing in this one area of my life. Leadership, I she says I can do in my sleep. It's it's, you know, it's serving others. That's what I think of leadership. It's serving others. And so it's easy for me to do that, but I, I don't know how to serve myself. And whoa, my brain just exploded. I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? She said, I don't know how to serve myself. And that's when we got into really what she needs. Her needs at the human, basic human level right? She was neglecting her emotional needs because of the thoughts, the recurring ruminating thoughts that she was a bad wife, that she was unworthy of a loving relationship, that she was unworthy of being a mother. She had sacrificed that part of her life for her leadership. And there was a lot of resentment between her and her partner, a lot of a lot of bitterness and anger even. There was so much going on at that human level, the needs that were unmet, that she was excelling in one area of her life because that's where she was overcompensating, right? She was overcompensating her leadership life and neglecting her human needs. And so she got me thinking about how we are not serving the woman leader. You know, we talk so much about the organizational and the systemic obstacles and challenges and barriers keeping women from advancing in their organizations. We get it. They're there. They're real. Trust me, they are real, okay? But there's a big part of this that we're missing. We need to serve her first so that she can then turn around and go into the organization and impact it immensely. She can go and create impact because she is fulfilled in all these other areas of her life, in her personal areas of her life. And and something that we don't talk about is mental health and the and the emotional well-being of the leader. And This is when I decided that I would primarily focus on women in leadership. It's not to say that men have different brains than us. They think differently, sure. Maybe they behave differently, sure. Maybe, I don't know. You know, that's not my concern. My concern is the female leader because I am one and because I know how to serve her best. I know what her needs are and I want to make sure that she is fulfilled in her personal life, and yes, of course, in her organizational life, in her career or her business. And so this is number one on this list, are your needs. What are they, my friend? What do we need to serve you 
at the personal, intimate level? What are your desires? What are your dreams? What are your goals in your personal life? And are you being met in those areas? And when we're looking at areas, we're looking at really three primary areas. We're looking at your finances. We're looking at your health and wellness. And we're looking at your relationships. There are other areas, of course, but these three are what bring the most grief and most pain and suffering in. And so these three areas, again, finances, your health and wellness, and number three, relationships. And so of those three areas, how fulfilled are you on a scale of one to 10? Where are you on that Likert scale of fulfillment? 10 being the most fulfilled in your finances right now. Scale of one to 10, how fulfilled are you? Are you at a four? Are you at a one? Are you just maybe at a 10 right now? Fantastic. You know, I had another client who was running a multi-billion dollar company. And here is what was very interesting. In her personal life, in her personal finances, she was an over-shopper. She numbed her pain, her suffering, her thoughts by buying things, by overspending on things. She was in credit card debt. She was doing everything she could to numb her negative emotions. She didn't want to feel them. And this is how she would numb them by spending. So here she was running a very successful company, right? Meeting financial objectives in her company, but in her personal life, she didn't know how to manage them, had no idea. And so this is what I'm talking about, my friend. If we're looking at these three primary areas of your life, finances, your health and wellness, and number three, relationships, on a scale of one to 10, where are you on the scale of fulfillment? How about in relationships? Where are you on that scale? Have you sacrificed finding an intimate, loving, respectful relationship for the sake of success? Are you scoring yourself at a two right now? Or are you at a 10? Where are you on that Likert scale? How about in your health and wellness? On a scale of one to 10, how fulfilled are you? with your body, with your physical body, with your vessel, right? What, where are you on that Likert scale? You know, for me, if we're going to be honest and transparent here, I was at a two for a very, very long time. I was on IVF treatments. I had various IVF rounds. I was, you know, just focused on trying to manage my brain, my thoughts and my emotions around not being able to have a baby naturally. And so much came up for me during that time that I completely neglected my health. Even after my last round, I remembered seeing my doctor and she did a full blood workup and she said, listen, you're a walking heart attack. I know that IVF took a beating on your body, but it's now time to get your mind in order. Let's get moving because you will not be on this earth in the next few years. And holy crap, that was like a rude awakening. So what did I do? I started to 
get very focused and intentional. I hired a running coach. I hired a food nutritionist. I, you know, have all the apps now. I'm, I've got a trainer that I talk to every day. I've got a beautiful schedule that he keeps me on. I am so, so focused and intentional in, in putting my body first, my health and well being first, because I want it to be at a 10 where I know I'm doing everything in my power to take care of my health and wellness, right? I may not be fulfilled after I get my next blood results, right? I I make it a a result that, you know, I'm still needing to work a little harder and that's fine. I'm willing to do that because I'm all in. And, And fulfillment at that point in my life was like a one or a two. Right now I can honestly say I'm at a seven. I feel great. I feel fulfilled. I feel vigorous. I feel like I'm thriving in my body, you know? And for me, when there's an, a negative emotion that pops up, instead of eating, because I'm a, I was a binge eater, instead of eating, I get on the treadmill or I go for a run outside and I just let the emotion pass through. I don't need to entertain it. I don't really, there's some times where you just don't need to do that. You, it, it's like, you I mean, you have 60,000 thoughts a day, my friend, so... Some of these thoughts don't need to be entertained, <laughs> right? And so just hitting the street and, or getting on my treadmill really helps in that. So where are you, my friend, on that fulfillment scale from one to 10 in those three primary areas? And so here you are serving others. You're serving your families. You're serving your partners. You're serving your spouses. You're serving your communities. My goodness. You're serving your constituents, some of you. Some of you are serving your stakeholders, your customers, your clients. But who's serving you? Well, it's not anybody else's responsibility, but you, my friend. Remember, this is self-leadership. This is you taking agency over your life. And this means you looking within and asking yourself, okay, there's some areas I've neglected and here's what I'd like to do about it. So that's number one on our list, your needs. Let's move into the second thing on this list, mastery. We are always looking to expand and to grow. That's just how our human brains work. My friend, it is designed to evolve. And when you don't, you are devolving. (laughs) I don't know if that's a word. (laughs) But you are dying if you're not evolving. And we're looking to master life. We're also looking to master our skills. Because we want to be the best We're ambitious, we're excited, we've got potential, and we know we're here to serve others. So we're always looking for mastery of our skills and our mindset. And if you are a leader listening to this, my friend, you know exactly what I mean. You are buying the latest books on leadership. You're probably looking at the latest articles on leadership. You may be leading forums. You may be leading Facebook groups. You may be in your organizations, you know, talking about leadership development, you know, bringing in the latest speaker, having the latest workshop, the latest, you know, trend or the latest system or procedure or process that you want to learn and you want to teach your, your employees. You are the first to learn the skill. You're excited about the improvement of your leadership abilities. 
So mastery is important to you. It's okay. We can admit to that. <laughs> Some of us are, are novices in our industries, in our careers. I still consider myself a novice. I do. I have a mindset of a beginner. And, and that's because I've been in leadership for 25 years. I may have an evidence list that shows otherwise, right? You may look at my CV and go, holy crap. Okay, I get it, Denise. You're an expert. You're a master. But no, ask me if I am, and I will tell you time and time again, I am not a master. I come into this leadership industry with a fresh pair of eyes every single day. Because the day I get too arrogant (laughs) and I get too confident... That's the day that I will miss out on serving someone at their highest level. I don't want to have blind spots. I don't want to be the expert in this industry. I want to be a beginner over and over again. So I consider myself a novice. So look at what you are wanting to master. What skill set do you want to master? What mindset do you want to master? Do you have the ability to to go take trainings? Do you have the capacity to learn something new? Are you open-minded? Do you have a beginner's mindset like me? Where are you on that mastery scale? Are you a novice? Or are you all the way to mastery? Where are you right now? Where are those gaps that we want to fill for you? So if you're a leader, my friend... I highly recommend the beginner's mindset. I highly recommend humility. Because with humility, you can laugh at yourself when you make a mistake in the organization or even in your personal life if you're leading your household and you're leading your family. You know, it's humility has has really gotten me out of some interesting failures. But listen, I'm only human. I have a human mind. I have grace and reverence for my mistakes and my failures. But let me tell you, the beginner's mindset has served me so, so well. So where are you at, my friend, on that mastery level? Are you a novice or are you on the other end of the bookend, a master? And even if you're a master, there are so many things that you could do to improve your leadership skills and abilities. And so be open-minded to those opportunities. So number two was mastery. Let's move on to number three, community. My goodness, we, my friend, are designed for connection. We are designed to find our like-minded people out there. We're looking for our tribe. You know the saying, birds of a feather flock together? That's us. We're looking for connection. And plus, that's how the brain works, right? That's, that's one of the things that the unconscious mind does. We're always looking for familiarity in others. We're looking to see what is familiar to our brains. Also, something to be cautious of is that the brain doesn't, doesn't like people it doesn't know right? The brain goes, whoa, 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 that's a threat. I don't know that dude. That dude is so not like me. I don't like the way he speaks. I don't like the way he looks. Um, I got I to gotta, I gotta move away from this guy. Okay, I get it, right? We, uh, there's, there, we understand how the brain works. But in this case, as female leaders, 
We are wanting to find other women who have experienced the same trials and tribulations. That's why there's so many big mom groups out there or boss mom groups, right? Like there's, there's women who are lawyers that have a Facebook group who gather to talk about, you know, their, their trials and tribulations in the law field. We have MDs and PhDs and, and all these qualifying people, right? They qualify themselves. They create these beautiful communities and they're like, okay, let's talk. We're now in a safe container, We're now here creating the sacred space for us to speak deeply about these things that matter to us. We're vulnerable. We're transparent. We we want to feel safe. And this is why we create these beautiful communities. And I am a part of many business communities. I'm also a part of many masterminds, whether we're we're like-minded enough where our common denominator is that we want to scale to a seven-figure business. But every single person in that mastermind looks different, sounds different, is, is in a different industry and has you know, different experience levels and a different journey on life, right? Different perspective on life. And that's what I love is that we're diverse enough to be able to come together, respect each other and create together. And that's what's important for a woman in leadership. Women in leadership... This is a very unique subgroup of the population. And what brings us together are our shared experiences, right? We have very unique interests. We have very unique shared life challenges, even organizational challenges. But we're diverse in that we come from all these different industries and we come from all these different backgrounds, upbringings, but here is the shared common denominator, right? Is that we're women in leadership. And, and this is why having a community of women who support you, who want to see you succeed, that it's not about she versus she, <laughs> but it looks like uh, they versus us. <laughs> That's kind of my attitude nowadays. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not, we're not competing against each other. Mm-mm. Don't you see the whole world is against us? <laughs> Let's band together. And, and that's why having a community of, of women who deeply care about your success is so important. So my friend, those are three things that every female leader should require or maybe even demand right? But it's about looking at you first and foremost. It's about looking at you, the nucleus, the core. Because like I always say, you have no business leading another if you don't even know how to lead yourself. Yeah, that's pretty powerful, don't you think? (laughs) All right, my friend. It's about time we practice self-leadership. So number one, Let's take a look at your needs, your personal needs. Where are you on that Likert scale of fulfillment? In your finances, in your relationships, and in your health and wellness. Start there. And then number two, mastery. Are you looking to master your skill set as a leader? Are you looking to master your mindset as a leader? Where are you right now on that level of mastery? Are you a novice? 
like me? Or are you a master? That's the other end of the spectrum there. Where are you? Are you right in between? It's important that we identify the gaps in your leadership and help you fulfill those gaps. And then number three, your community. Are you in a community that is supporting you and all of your dreams? And if you're not, it's time that we start addressing this. Your needs, your mastery, and finding you a community. All right, leader. I hope you enjoyed our time together because I sure did. Let me know if you have any questions, comments, insights over on Instagram. Look me up at Dr. Denise Simpson. I'll see you over there. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to join me inside my exclusive coaching membership for women in leadership, just like you. I want to help you become a masterful leader with the help of a community of the most powerful women on this planet. My membership is called Masters of Leadership. Yes, of course it would be called that. (laughs) So whether you're a novice or a master, you have to join us. You're going to get the support that you need and deserve inside my membership. So head over to drdenisesimpson.com forward slash M-O-L. That website again is drdenisesimpson.com forward slash M-O-L. You deserve this, my friend. So join us inside. See you soon.